0: Welcome to Men Talk, the podcast that takes a deep dive into the world of miscarriage, infertility, infant loss, and stillbirth. Hosted by Daniel Landau, founder of MensHelpline.org, we'll be sitting down every week with real guys to discuss their stories, struggles, and triumphs. So grab a drink, sit tight, and let's talk.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of the Men Talk podcast, where we speak about miscarriage, infant loss, stillbirth, and infertility. Today's guest is Christopher Ward, who hails from Chicago, Illinois. Christopher, the floor is yours. Feel free to introduce yourself, share your story, and then uh, we'll go from there.
0: Well, thank you for having me. It is a pleasure. Been listening to your podcast and being in the group um, is definitely really supportive. Um, good to know I'm not alone out there. Um, so we've actually suffered our third miscarriage in a year um, back in April. Um, the first one was a, uh, a missed miscarriage. We didn't know that we were even pregnant until, um, you know, everything happened. Um, so that one kind of caught us by surprise. And then that was, um, April of last year, 2021, then, um, Labor Day weekend. Um, or a few weeks before Labor Day 2021, we found out we were pregnant. We had just gotten home from vacation and celebrating our anniversary. And like that was, you know, that was our anniversary present, quote unquote. And then um, Labor Day weekend came around and um, the the wife was bleeding. She miscarried um, and even passed um, the cells at home. Um, which was which was very hard for her. Um, she suffered the most during that one. It was the third one that we had, um, March April of 2022 that kind of hit me the worst.
1: Why was it the one in 2022 that hit you the most?
0: Um, I think it was okay. This is becoming a pattern. Um, you know there there was a lot of with. Things ramping down on the COVID side there was a lot of talk about how if you were vaccinated that could or could not um affect your possibility of carrying so we were both like uh we've been vaccinated what's going on here um so I, I think for me personally it was just you know the repetitiveness and then the things that was being talked about in the news like did did we just screw ourselves over
1: and that's that whole guilt factor, right? With COVID, like, oh, by getting the shot, not getting the shot, is the an effective pregnancy? I mean, yeah.
0: Yeah, so come to find out. There is not a lot of research out about that. So let me let me kind of put that out here as well for those listening. I don't want anyone else to freak out or have a panic attack from it. Um, you know, it. so in COVID and the vaccine, because the vaccine has a portion of COVID in it, there's a subprotein that can make it harder to carry. And that's that's what the concern is there. There's not enough research. There's not enough tests being done um, to support one way or the other on the argument. Um, it's not like um, probably about 10 years ago where the vaccines caused autism. You know, it, it's very, the narrative in the media can be very similar to that, but way less research. I mean, the COVID vaccine, COVID is two years old for this the the main strain that everyone's um concerned about so we don't they don't know what's going to happen
1: true and when this was all going on were you able to be in the room when she was miscarrying i mean you mentioned that there was a mis- miscarriage which also happened to my wife and i was just you know in shock when that happened but were you able to be around were you able to be helpful what was going through your mind throughout all three
0: um Yeah, I mean, I was trying to be there the best I could for my wife. Um, You know, I I I put my family first above myself. Um, You know, I, like a lot of men, I just kind of stuff things down sometimes, um, especially when there's something else to focus on. You know, hey, let me take care of my kids. Let me take care of the wife. You know, I have things to focus on that I can divert my attention to and not focus on how I'm feeling myself. And I also think that's why the third one may have been the worst for me because the wife, I mean, she was upset, but nowhere near the, the, the second one. So how did
1: you deal with all that? I mean, I'm sure every guy goes through, you know, the denial phase, the guilt, the, you know, the depression, not wanting to talk about it. What did you do to handle that stressful situation?
0: Um, I got more active in the group. I started talking with some of the guys there. Um, your group is awesome. Everyone's super supportive. Um, I think that's about, that was March, April. I think that's about the time that we started talking a little bit. Um, you know, so I just kind of got active in that, speaking out about it more um, at work with coworkers, you know, um, just just trying to be more vocal about it. I felt better talking about it instead of not talking about it. Um, so during the second one, because the wife, the wife took it very, very hard. It was was very emotional for her. I mean, she, she passed cells at home that I had to flush down the toilet. It it was, it was very rough. Um, not only for her, but myself, but I just kind of shoved it down so I could be strong for her. I didn't talk about it because anytime anyone would mention anything, she was just, she was upset. So, you know, I, we tried not to talk about it. Then she'd get upset because we weren't talking about it one of those catch 22s there, but, um, you know, for me, I am the type of person, I just need to talk. I just need to get it out, get, you know, get, get it off my chest. And then I, I can, you know, basically
1: lift that weight off and walk away from it. First off, it's really good that you're, that you're talking about it because many people don't, and that really hurts them in the the long run. So that's unbelievable that you're able to do that. How was it for you at work? I mean, did your bosses care about this? Did they check in on you? Did they let you take the time that you needed, or you just want to get back to work to try and take your mind off of it?
0: Um. So the the first one was a miss miscarriage. Um. I, I don't even think we really talked about it that much. We didn't know about it, and we both weren't that affected by it because of that. The second one, I had to take time off of work. So we had known that we were pregnant for om- over two weeks. Um We had gone multiple doctors' appointment because the wife tested positive very early um, and uh, uh, pretty much as early as you could, which is anywhere from three to five weeks. We For the next two weeks, we went to the doctor like two, three times. They gave her medicine. They wanted to um, do blood tests, see where all the levels were at. And um, so I took time off of work for those because it's like, okay, maybe this is the appointment that we're going to see the heartbeat um so we got very hopeful and then um over that holiday weekend things just took a turn for the worse and um uh you know for i think it was right before the holiday weekend it was like wednesday night into thursday or thursday night into friday it was super late and everything and that's when everything happened um and we had the doctor's appointment the next morning we went in and um i I called my boss like i'm not coming to work tomorrow i'm going to this appointment with my wife who's just distraught you know we wanted to make sure that after she passed everything at home that there wasn't any need for any additional medical um after that and we didn't know what was going to go on like were they going to do the um procedures that day um you know how emergent could it have been thankfully everything went smoothly from a medical standpoint we didn't have any other procedures you know that so we're done at the doctor's at like 10 o'clock. My wife was very upset. And I was, you know, I was like, you know what? Let's go out to lunch. The kids are being watched by the babysitters. Let's go out to lunch. Let's kind of take a few minutes for ourselves here. And I was like, I'm not I'm not working today. Screw this. I'm not going back into the office. I'm not logging in from home. I'm not not answering my phone. You know, I need to take care of not only my family, but
1: my wife and myself. Absolutely. That comes first. And I'm happy yes. your boss was, was okay with that, you know, shutting down the phone and just going at the lunch. And I'm sure that that was definitely helpful.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was a little touch and go um and everything. And then, you know, some of the coworkers were upset with me, but you know what?
1: <laughs> you come first. Exactly. Mental health first. Work yep. second. In terms of the after the miscarriage, I guess you had three, so each one is obviously very different. Did you have any feelings as to going into the ultrasound? Yes, obviously, you had hope that you wanted to see a heartbeat, but did you look at the screen to say, Hey, is there a heartbeat? Or was there so much trauma that you were like, Okay, doc, just tell me there's a heartbeat or not? You know, I don't want to look at the screen, look what's going on.
0: Well, no, I was looking at the screen the entire time. So this, this, um, I've had one, um, before that was very successful. It's a pain in the butt. Three-year-old takes after me. Um, so, you know, I kind of knew Got, I've gotten used to what to look for. It's only been three years. Um, so it's, it's still kind of fresh. So we're watching on the screen and we're not seeing anything. And the doctor's like, I guess it's a little too early. So um, both nerve-wracking and then anticlimactic. And, and it was kind of like, okay, it's too early. So, you know, th- there was still a chance.
1: So you kept on to that hope. You were always yeah. like, this is going to happen. It's going to be amazing. Yep. Yeah. And that didn't let yeah. you down when it happened.
0: Definitely got down when it did happen. Um, the, like I said, that was the hardest for the wife. Um, I think I just shoved most of it away. Um, but I mean, since then we've, we've, um, we've gotten some gifts from some friends, a, a, a bear that they named for us. Um, you know, a lot of support, especially from the wife's community. She does a, a weekly, um, the, her, she has a weekly support group that she goes to, um, when she's feeling the, the need. Um, and then, um, it's just a zoom call weekly. There's like 10 of them on there at any given time. And, you know, they all share their story. Um, so that's been very helpful for her. We've also named it or her. Um, obviously it was far too early long to know. I've always wanted a girl. So it was like, cause we have three boys total. We're a nice blended family. And um, you know, so it's like, well, it's, it's, it was a girl and um, you know, we've, uh, I believe she picked the name Remington. So we call her
1: Remy wow it's incredible that you were able to still you know pick a name after going to it because some people i hear don't even pick a name after miscarriage they just call it john doe they don't even know where you know they're buried or what's going on or what's the cause so for you to just be able to have that power to pick a name and to call it and remember it that's that's got to be extra special because each child is their own journey
0: yeah yeah and it um it, uh, that didn't happen right away. It, it took us some time to get there. And honestly, since we've done that, um, I think it was in October of that year, you know, so like four, four to six weeks after it really has helped. You know, we, we've been able to put a name and a, a visual in our own heads. I'm sure both of us look, have different visuals of it, but, but we were been able to, it's not just, you know, the baby we lost, it's, um, you know, it's Remy and Remy was due in April. Actually. And that's, that was rough on the wife as well. And I didn't realize it until yesterday. Um, but when she was in the hospital, um, getting her gallbladder removed for an emergency surgery, it was right around when she should have been in the hospital delivering Remy.
1: Whoa. So that's got to be triggering for her and also for you, probably.
0: I didn't realize any of it. Um, so with her being in the hospital for almost five days, I was, you know, man of the house, had to take care of all the things. So it just, it slipped my mind.
1: Do you have any triggers still?
0: Um, I mean, nothing specific. Um, i you know, I was listening to uh, the first couple of episodes um, and, you know, I, I forget the point because this was a few weeks back, but there there was one point in time that one of the gentlemen was talking and sharing their story and, um, you know, like I, I was driving to the car and I started crying. So it, it still is very much with me. Um and I, I think it's just taking it one moment at a time and, you know, acknowledging that moment. And, you know, I shared it with my wife because I I, I'm not the greatest at talking about my feelings um, unless it's in the moment. And then usually I, I'm angry or sad or, you know, so I, I called the wife and it wasn't the best time for her, but it was like, Hey, I really got to tell you this. And, you know, So sharing some of those things, I think, has helped us come a little closer with it.
1: That's what I hear a lot. I hear many guys say that after going through such a challenge of a miscarriage, that actually makes them stronger as a person. And they're able to help others going through it. They're able to be closer with their wife, with their spouses, because it's a challenge. It's not easy to deal with. It's not ever a club that you think you're going to be in. It's not something you want to be a part of, but it happens. I mean, one in four pregnancies end in a miscarriage. One in a couple struggle with infertility. One in hundred and sixty births end in a stillbirth. So it, it it happens. And I think the more you talk about it, the better you feel and the more educated people will become.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, that's that's the biggest thing. Um, you know, especially for men going through this miscarriage, we're or- we're giving it another six months and then we're going to be looking at our, our, do we have an infertility problem? So we might be going down that journey as well. Um, we already know we're not going to go the the route of IVF. It's just not something that we've decided we want to do. Um, but, you know, we've already kind of been taking some supplements that the doctor recommended. We have, we've, we've, we've taken the steps um, at least at this point. So, um, you know, we're just trying to be proactive and hopeful and, you know, just taking it day by day. Um, but the the big thing is talk to your spouse and don't be afraid to talk to other people about it. Um, especially for us men out there, it is, you know, we are very much, you know, white knuckling it through all of our mental health and just, I'm going to keep driving on. I got to be strong. No, don't have to be strong every single second of the day. You can be vulnerable. You can share what you're feeling and still be that strong man, and it will
1: make you stronger. Those are extremely powerful words. Guys, to all our listeners out there, adhere to what Christopher is saying, because you can grieve, you can cry, you can talk about it. It's okay. It's okay for us to grieve. That's totally normal and totally healthy. Don't be afraid to do that.
0: Yes, definitely. Uh, you know, I've started sharing Um, with, you know, previously, we wouldn't really talk about it with anybody. And I've started sharing it a little more and more. And you'd be surprised how many men go through this and like, oh, yeah, we had a miscarriage. It, and it, it's just astounding. It's, it's something that is not talked about on both gen- sides of the gender line and more so on the on the male side
1: how do you suggest we change that
0: well i mean your your foundation and the the facebook group and this podcast is a great start just getting getting the word out there getting folks to talk about it um especially the infertility journey because uh, we haven't been down that but uh, just listening to the stories and and all the effort and hard work and disappointments and ups and downs the whole roller coaster there because that's an adventure that's a journey you know as to where the, the miscarriage part of it is a very short concise time not to belittle the effect that it has on anybody but you know it's 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 a drop and then the the, the results are there the infertility, you're you're doing all the things, you're taking the shots, you're doing the steps, and it still doesn't
1: work. So you do it again, and again, and again. As I say, I, I like using a sports analogy, practice makes perfect, especially when dealing with sometimes these infertility things. But once you go through it once, you go through it again, you go through it again, you know, you get better every time, you know how to deal with it better and better.
0: Yep, and those players,
1: they don't just practice once. That's true. That is very true. What's your take on education in terms of middle school, high school, health? All the times, you know, we're we're, we're not taught about miscarriage. We're not taught about what are the effects. We're not taught to talk about this stuff. We're just taught, hey, the sperm meets the egg. And boom, a baby is born. But it's not spoken about a miscarriage. Do you think that this topic should be raised from a very young age in every single school? And that way, I wouldn't, uh, you start the conversation earlier and people will be more comfortable talking about it?
0: That is a very, very interesting question. Um, I, I definitely think something more needs to be done. Um, at least especially here in the United States. I mean, we, there's no, when you're having a child, there's no mandatory classes that you have to do. It's just, Oh, you're a parent. Here you go. Figure it out. You know? Um, and some of us are really great at it and some of us need help. And the same thing goes for that entire process and the journey. Um, but you know, it's definitely something I knew nothing about and, thankfully we have Google and all these resources nowadays to where I went from knowing nothing about the female reproductive cycle and how many days in between, um, the period and ovulation and all the, all the different steps of the way to, you know, just researching it to try and talk educationally about it with the wife, calm her down some, um, you know, so yeah, I think education, would be great i just not sure in our culture and the way that everything is set up how we would introduce
1: it i think the way to start it would be a grassroots movement for every single person on this podcast if they are in the united states that they should be reaching out to their i wouldn't necessarily say congressmen or senators but on the state level reach out to their assemblymen and state senators and say hey wait a second you have a health education everybody takes all these tests and everything that Time to implement it. Time to implement these topics into the education. Yeah. Um,
0: I mean, it, it's definitely a, uh, at least here in the states, definitely an interesting time, um, for that genre topic, um, with all the her body, her choice and some of the other legislations that are going through in the individual states.
1: Um, yeah, but that, that is a good place to start on the subject of without diving too much into politics with what's going on in the U.S., because at this point in time, dealing with miscarriage and abortion is actually a very interesting time because of what's going on in the Supreme Court. Mm -hmm. But what is your view in terms of having gone through a miscarriage? Obviously, pregnancies are very, very complicated. I mean, I think it's a fundamental right that they should be able to, you know, to have that. Obviously, it's never fun. It's not a part of club that you want to be in. But Still, it's it's part of it's part of the process. I, I really, I can't understand how how the government in the United States, specifically the Supreme Court, could say this is not viable anymore, and now it's up to the individual states. I mean, it's just it's just insane.
0: Oh, I yes, you know, without diving too far into the politics, um, you know, I don't think any group or whatever should have a say over if we're to vaccinate or not vaccinate, if we're to have an abortion or not have an abortion. that should be left to the individuals.
1: 1,000%. And if you do have one, or you have a miscarriage, remember, guys, you're not alone. We're here to help you. We're here to guide you through it. We want to talk to you. And we're all in this together. Don't be afraid. The guy to your left, the guy to your right could have gone through it.
0: yep it's it's an unfortunate club that we are now a part of, but you know getting out there talking about it you know even if you just in passing with your buddies, oh yeah, we had a miscarriage, oh yeah, me too, man what did you you know if you're one of the veterans um in that experience and you're not going through a rough patch yourself with it, ask them the questions, get them to talk about it a little more because they're they're scared.
1: That's hundred percent right. So many times I hear guys are scared. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to cope. With that I don't. I have no idea. This is totally new to me.
0: Oh yeah, and I mean, uh, us men, when we're scared, we're not. We, we it's toxic masculinity. We don't talk about it. You know, we're supposed to be strong. We're supposed to be brave. We're not supposed to be scared.
1: And, but it is okay to be scared. It is okay to say. I don't know how to help myself. It is okay to reach out for help. I mean, I don't know what your view is on, you know, on therapists, but a lot of times I hear guys say, I don't want to go to a therapy group. I don't want to sit around a room and say, how do you feel about that? You know, but, but at the end of the day, it's an avenue to be heard and to be helped through it. Oh
0: yeah. Um, I am a strong advocate of having good mental health. Um, I, I was, um, diagnosed with ADHD at a very young age and I've been through therapists. I still see a therapist, um, and marriage counseling as well. You know, I'm, I'm not afraid or of those resources and they've been helpful, you know? Um, and my middle child is diagnosed ADHD. I'm sure my youngest may be as well. You know, um, it, it's not it's not the, the negative that it is, you know, therapists, all this stuff is there to help us. And it's, it's just not something else. That's not talked about
1: (laughs) is male mental health. That too. I mean, it's endless. We can talk about male mental health for everything. You know, why is there anything for guys? The focus is always on women. People think guys are strong, but at the end of the day, guys can break too, just as much as females can. We just break down in our cars. That too. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks uh, so much for coming on the show. Really appreciate having you. I'm sure if anyone is out there in the Chicago land, the Chicago area, I bet Christopher would be more than happy to sit down with you, grab a beer. I don't know if you're having a drink or play a game of basketball or any sports. Whatever it is, I'm sure he's more than happy to connect with you and to help you through your journey as well, because remember, you're not going through this alone.
0: Yes. Yes, I would love to hear from everybody.
1: Awesome. Thanks again. Just
0: listen to another great episode of Men Talk yeah, thank with you. Daniel Landau. Have a day. If you've suffered from miscarriage, infertility, stillbirth, or infant loss and want to open up about it, reach out. We'd love to have you on the show. You can also join our Facebook group, or if you'd like to get involved and start a chapter in your neighborhood, visit our website, www.menshelpline.org today. Until next
1: week, stay strong, and remember, you're not alone.